Good morning again. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Physical blindness is a terrible thing. I have known many blind people throughout my entire life. One of them was Pastor Ruben, a very nice man of God. One day, uh, I found him that he came to visit my city uh, to take some uh, continuing education classes. He was living in very, very miles, thousands of miles away from my place. So we found in the seminary. So I was walking in front of him in a distance, like the first pew and here. And suddenly he called me by my name. I asked him, how do you know it was me? He responded, I recognize you by the perfume you are wearing. So the next day I have a plan. I decided not to use any perfume. For my surprise, he did the same. He called me by my name. Then I ran to him and I asked him, how did you know it was me if I was not wearing a perfume? He answered, because of the way you walk. Your footsteps are familiar to me. Nobody walked like you. <laughs> ay, 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 ay. I thank God for giving Pastor Ruben some abilities I don't have. And I thank God in giving me sight, even if my vision has to be corrected with glasses. Today's gospel is a wonderful story with an important theme that people of those times needed to hear. And it is a theme that we need to hear today. Jesus saw a man who was blind from birth. Then his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? In other words, they are asking, whose sin has caused this blindness? This sounds weird to us, but it was a common view in Jesus' day. Jesus does not answer their question, but addressed the false belief behind the question, saying, Neither this man nor his parents sinned. He was born blind so that God's works might be revealed in him. In other words, this illness is not the direct result of sin, but it is here so that God might be glorified through it. Then, Jesus makes the miracle. I always, I promise, I always, always, my whole life, I was asking myself, why did Jesus do this miracle as he did? He could just heal the man with a word. Why he spit on the ground and make mud and put the mud in the man's eyes? Why he make the man go and watch in the pool of Siloam? We don't know. However, there are some connections with the things that has been 
presented in John Gospels up to this point. First, Jesus has been presented as the light of the world. Here is a man living in darkness in a physical sense, and Jesus gives him light, a sign that he's able to do the same thing with the human soul. Second, we have been told that Jesus is the source of streams of living water. Here, Jesus uses his saliva to heal the man. He did not need to do this. And third, notice that Jesus tells the man to go and wash in the pool of Siloam. This is the pool of which the Jews would have used water during the Feast of Tabernacles to pour on the altar. Jesus makes a connection with that symbolism once again. And notice that Jesus tells the man to go and watch. This is how it works with Jesus. He is our Savior. He calls us, and we must respond in faith and repentance. The miracle itself is important. It symbolizes things that are true of Christ, light of the world, streams of living water. But it is the response to the miracle that becomes the focus of this gospel today. People look but couldn't see beyond of the image of the way things had always been, a blind man sitting and begging. Blinded by this belief, they keep asking him, how were your eyes opened? Two times the religious leaders call him in. Two times they question him. And two times he gives glory to God. They cannot see the Son of God, who makes this formerly blind man now cease. They cannot see the new life, the new man, the new creation that bears testimony from God. Even this man's own parents distance themselves from him. They can't talk about their blind son but not about their son who now can see. They deny what is true before their eyes. And you know, fear does that. Fear keeps us from seeing a larger picture, a larger reality. Blindness is not about the quality of our vision or the condition of our eyes. It is not about the darkness around us, but rather the darkness within us. How we see others, what we see in the world, the way we see life is less about the objects of our seeing and more about ourselves. We do not see God people, things, or circumstances as they are, but as we are. 
until our eyes are opened by Christ. Our seeing is really just a projection of ourselves onto the world. Brothers and sisters, if we wish to see God, life, and others as they really are, then we must pay attention to what is going on within us. True vision begins in the heart, not the eyes. We must begin to acknowledge the fears and belief that live within us and how they have impaired our vision. Remember that the man was blind, and now he sees. And the man's response reveals that not only did he see Jesus with his physical eyes, but with the eyes of his heart, which were once blind as well. The meaning is this. Those who admit their need, those who admit that they are blind and in need of light from above will receive it. Those who in their pride insist that they have no need, that they can see in and of themselves, will remain in their blindness. My question to you today and for myself is, or are, because I have one, done, one question. Will we acknowledge our blindness apart from Christ? Will we acknowledge our need? Do you know that Christ walks with those who are his and that you are never alone? Don't just look around. Look with him. What do you see? How do you see? Where is the mat of darkness in your life? Name that reality. Acknowledge it. And then go watch. The mat of darkness always gives way to the light of Christ. And do you know why? Because God loves us. Could you say that with me? God loves us. Could you say it one more time, looking around? God loves us. And that is uh, true. Amen.